Welcome back to a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazwin, and I'm joined today, as always, by lovable corner man, Paul Drew. That's me. And uh, theoretically, he's not here. He's in a car on a phone call. American flag shorts, Sean Doyle. Hey, I'm Sean Doyle, and I'm on the phone. Sean. <laughs> Sean. I can't be driving home from this thing at one in the morning, Sean. When you're listening to this two weeks from now, know that I'm angry at you. <laughs> And uh, we also have a special guest who I'm confident is here against his will, Greg Coyle. Hello. This month's letter was R, and we went with my pick of Rocky, but then we decided to go a few steps further and watch all six Rocky movies in one day. Uh, how did it go? Well, it hasn't yet. We're doing things a little differently this time, which is why everything sounds weird. I've got one mic in the middle of the room, and we're all shouting into it. Uh, we're currently at my house. We're all gathered here to marathon all these movies together. We'll be recording our reactions between every movie. Is this a terrible idea? Absolutely. Are we going to do it anyway? You better believe it. To be clear, you all did this. <laughs> I said, I said, I'm going to watch all of them because I feel like I'm going to want to reference multi-decades of this, of this character's life while we talk about this movie. But I was planning on doing it over the course of a week, not <laughs> the course of an 11 hour long day. Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm a little worried about you, Chris. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very excited about this. I, uh, I can't wait. I've, you know, I've never seen a single Rocky movie. I've obviously seen it referenced a bajillion times in various medias over the years, but, uh, this is going to be an experience. We, uh, we were sparsed, we were supposed to start 41 minutes ago. Uh, Sean was asleep, uh, at his sister's house and Greg went to get him, but now he's in the car on a phone call. And uh, if we're going to get through all these movies, we're going we're to get started. So we're going to start without him, and he's just going to come down and uh, enjoy the movie as early as convenience. So, but just like Rocky, I imagine we will emerge victorious. Oh, there he is in a split decision. There he is. We're already recording. We are currently recording. <laughs> Greg's been pretending to be you. <laughs> well, he's pretty good at that. <laughs> we're roughly the same height and weight. Right? <laughs> Do you have anything to say for the people? Fuck the record. Fuck the people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no snot fans? No? Greatest beginning any album ever. All right, so here's the introduction to the first one, which we are going to watch as soon as we're done talking here. Rocky was released on November 21st, 1976, in a limited capacity in New York City, followed by a wide release on December 3rd that same year. It was distributed by United Artists. It was directed by John G. Avildsen? Avildsen? and written by Sylvester Stallone. Avelson's other directorial work includes the original Karate Kid trilogy, 1971's Cry Uncle, and 1989's Lean On Me. He has been both nominated for Best Director Academy Awards and Worst Director Razzie Awards. Stallone is known for being Sylvester Stallone. The movie stars Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith. This is normally where I'd write a description of the movie, but as I've never seen any of them before, I can only assume it has something to do with boxing. 
No, no, I want a detailed description from you right now. Go. Uh, Rocky is a guy made of rocks, and he wants to be a boxer, but they won't let him box because he's made of rocks, and he would kill somebody if he got into a boxing ring. So he finds some magical boxing gloves that are super soft, and he puts them on his rock hands, and they allow him to be a boxer where he doesn't kill people by boxing, and then he meets a another rock named Adrian, and they go live somewhere and make mountain babies. Yeah. I'm you got it. I mean, that's that's basically a shot-for-shot shot retelling. I'm so. writing all of this down so that we can make this movie. <laughs> all right, well, uh, it is time. We've got Paul brought his Blu-ray box set with him. We have all the Rocky movies in hand on physical media. We, uh, Paul bought us bagels, so we've been eating bagels. We're in my basement on a... They're upstairs in the kitchen. Go get one. Uh-huh. Uh, we're watching them on our PlayStation 4 in my basement. Uh, Paul, what do you got to say? Uh, I'll respond to two things that you said. Uh, the, um... Yeah, the the box set, I mean, it was because I had decided I was going to watch all these. And then when I... And then, like... They were just somewhere, right? Like, like I don't know. You know how when you're scrolling and like you see that some streaming channel has all the things. Like right now, all the bonds are on uh, on on Prime, on Amazon Prime, and you you like file it in your head, like oh, like that'll be important someday, and then you like never watch them. I know that all the Rockies were somewhere, and then they were gone, and I was like, I'm not paying for all of these, so. I found that box set like used for like ten bucks, so I was like six Rocky movies for ten bucks. Like I'm gonna do that. That's where you're wrong, um, Paul. We're all gonna pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> also, you were talking about the director. I could be wrong about this. I'll look it up while we're you know watching the eleven hours of movies. But I, th- I Stallone wrote all of them. Yeah, um, I have breakdowns for all the movies. He wrote yeah. all of them. I think he directed all of them except this one and the fifth one, and it might be the same guy that has yep. directed. That he comes, he comes back for Rocky V. So yeah. he didn't direct the best and the worst? I would agree he did direct the best and the worst. I mean, well, no, I, no, guess, no. I, mean, I guess it depends Stal- if you want Stallone. to call... Stallone. I mean, Stallone. Oh, I see. Stallone didn't direct the best and the worst. Yeah. So he managed to like get all the other ones. Yeah. He's like, I'm not the best. I'm not the worst. I'm just in the middle. Good for him. <laughs> you mentioned the, the director was the... He's, he was nominated for Worst Director, Razzies, and Best by the Academy Awards. Uh, is he the only man in history to have both those? Oh, I don't know. Because it's tough to get in that first category. Yeah. Well, I think he was Best Director for an, uh, um, a documentary of something. But Oh, I assumed he won for this. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. This one, this one Best Picture. This one Best Picture, so right. I just but, assumed... But did it win Best Director? I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know what? These are all things that we can look up while we're watching the movie. Sure, sure. So, uh, Sean, go grab yourself a bagel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's beers in the fridge. <laughs> Round one. Round one. Ding, ding. All right, here we go. We'll ding, be back ding. after I have seen Rocky. All right, we're back. We just finished watching the first Rocky, and uh, I freaking loved it. That was fantastic. Ah, I was wondering. I really, I really enjoyed it. I really, um, I mean, he's a freaking goofball. I had no idea he was such a a goofball. <laughs> like his last line in the movie was, "Where's your hat?" Where's your hat? <laughs> <laughs> he just, he was just full of these ridiculous uh, statements. And I mean, I didn't really like him all that much in the beginning, but he really grew on me. I thought he was a Rocky's a heck of a good character and. 
you know, I felt a little weird about the whole bit with him getting together with Adrian in the first place, but, like, it didn't seem... It seemed like on paper it was a little date rapey, but it actually kind of kind of wasn't. The one scene I was I was real worried about that. I hadn't watched the movie in a, a couple of years, but uh, I was like, I think that one scene might be a little date rapey. It might not have aged so well. But then watching it again this time, I was like, nah, I mean, you know, no, it was like it was, it's kind of it like the, a little pushy, but it's a little like Han and Leia, like right, yeah, you know. On paper, it looked like you say those lines, it's like, well, okay, but no, there really was some some chemistry there, and. Uh, I I really liked it. I was really invested in the fight because I didn't know who won. I I didn't really I didn't know if uh, Creed was going to win or, or if Rocky was going to win. I I really honestly didn't know, and I thought that was a I was <laughs> I was really into the fight. Was, oh yeah! Uh, Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Rocky, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's, a, it's a solid point. Um, no, Why did you listen to this? I, I, I thought it was great. It was. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, Polly's, Polly's a, a character. That's Ooh, well, <laughs> that's certainly interesting. Let's get to him in a minute. Um, I think I think to both of your points, uh, I I think I think the the thing about this movie that's sort of a, a testament to Stallone and the success of this is like, you know, like he kind of created this as a as a vehicle for himself. And, like, I think it's so easy to dismiss him because, you know, because then after this, we've all seen him in so many things where he's just alone. Yeah, he's big, beefy mushroom. Yeah, and, like, at this point, like, you know, I think this is mainly his bread and butter, the things that he's established in years back, Rocky and Rambo and stuff like that. You know, well, I guess he's got this Expendables thing now, too, or, you know, in the last 20, 15 years or so. Um, I don't think, you know, a ton of people are like, I gotta cast him. Except maybe James Gunn. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, like, I really do think it, what he did was so smart because, like, it's, it's easy to dismiss him be- because we have that sort of, like, picture of Rocky and, and, and of Stallone and, like, the way he talks and stuff. But, like, it, 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 it was really, like, sort of fun and smart, I guess, the the way that you, like, called him a goofball, like, like you wrote that stuff, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, like, like, you, uh, you pointed out the thing about the hat, I pointed out the thing, like, he, he's given Adrian the tour of his apartment, he's like, here's the turtles, they've got some marbles, <laughs> it's like, who talks this way? These two are turtles, the rest are marbles. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> But like, I, like I don't know. I think that's why you. I think that's why you love him. Like he's not just. It's not just this like boxer thing. It's the, you're invested in this this love story and the two of them and and the connections that are made in the movie. Yeah, um, it was. Um, it had a lot more personality than I expected it to. I had this, you know, preconceived notion in my head of what this movie was going to be and. I also really liked the main plot of, I thought that he was going to rise through the ranks. He was going to be this boxer that would get better and better. Like something would, Adrian would motivate him to get better enough to face off against Creed. I didn't know it was a stunt thing. I thought, I thought that was a really cool plot device. I had no, I didn't see that coming. The, to, to the first part of what you just said and what Paul was saying, I don't think still, 
Sylvester Stallone is an unintelligent person. Like he strikes me as he probably is a very intelligent person. And I think this is a testament to him based on what you just said, because like I think he wrote it and, and maybe he's not the greatest writer of all time, but I think he wrote it trying to like he was like, How does a dumb person talk? Because Rocky Balboa character is not supposed to be an intelligent character. Uh, he's lovable. I'm not, he's not stupid, but he's not he's not super bright. And Stallone, I think, was trying to write down. He's like, well, what would a guy, what would a, a schmo like this say to a girl in his shitty apartment? I he's don't. Like, These are some turtles, and they got some marbles. He's trying to be charming. He's I just trying, trying to be charming. Well, yeah. and I don't think dumb is the operative word. I think it's simple. Um, I oh. think I think he sets up Rocky as. A, a simple guy and I think yet that is another thing that everybody loved about this because like again it, it would be real easy to dismiss him if you were just like oh it's a you know it's a movie about a dumb boxer but like like the way that he moves through the world and the people that he interacts with and like going through going through Philly and, like, going to the bars and going to the boxing rings and, like, you know, that he, that everybody loves him and he's everybody's friend and everybody knows him and, you know, that he's sort of, like, the hometown hero guy. Like, I think that's the, they you know. That home, he helped out, like, he didn't break the guy's thumbs, which I know that seems like a low bar, not breaking someone's thumbs. Yeah. But then, like, he carries the drunk inside because it's cold out and then he makes the girl go home. And you're right, it's a simple, it's a very overly simplified concept of what good and bad are because like he forces the girl home and she's like go fuck yourself <laughs> but it's like as, as much as it's misguided possibly or, or not useful it's still you're like he's got it this he's got this moral code and he's trying to follow it and he's trying to be the good guy yeah and i like that burgess meredith pointed out like you had it you, you had it and you decided to be a leg breaker and that's a waste of a life and i like that and i also really like just the entire atmosphere like 1970s Philadelphia like we were we were joking about it a little bit of how like run down it is but it is it's just so it, it felt so tactile it felt so realistic like I know um especially movies that, that depicted New York at a certain point I think in the the late really? 80s early 90s they really cleaned it up you know oh. you look at say like um what is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um the streets are always wet you know because they, they they wash them you know it's it wash away all the filth and debris, and this was just raw, raw ass Philly, right there. <laughs> uh, and and it made for such a a compelling place to see this this movie take place. Like the the people hanging out outside, the guys standing outside singing. Like I don't know, was it like that in Philly in the seventies? Maybe I don't. I wasn't alive, but it's 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 such a fascinating thing of like where people gather together in this whole CD boxing underworld. Uh, well, this is why when we said when you said we were going to watch this, that I said that I wanted to watch all of them um, because, like, like the Rocky movies aren't necessarily my favorite movies. Like, I think if you, I think if if you if you gave me the choice and you're like, hey, we're going to watch some Rocky movies, or we're literally going to watch any other thing, like depending what that other thing was, I pr I probably choose it all the time. Like, I don't think I'm. I think I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm always in the mood to watch the, this story, right? But, like, I do think that, I don't know, like, I feel like it's important. Like, it's, it's weird to say that, but, like, like, I almost feel like it's, like, th this is, this is, 
he's a fictional character, but, like, this is a story that you should all know. This is the story of America. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if you don't know, like, like, it seems as important as knowing about, like, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and stuff. That, like, you you know, you need to know Rocky Balboa. and. It, and it's, it's an underdog, it's a great sports movie, and I think you're right, it is the story of America both on both levels. It's the Rocky story, is the story of America, it's like this guy does get a chance, and Apollo Creed points that out, who would occur to me now that you called Rocky simple, he's a good contrast to that, he's super not simple. Yeah. Um, you know, he's overly in the, the business of it. But then... Carl he, Weathers is amazing. Oh, he's great. The, 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 every, everybody in this is amazing, but like, I, I love watching how slick he is. I love watching how like rough and angry Bruce Meredith is. Like when, when you step back a level, though, the, the whole thing about Sylvester Stallone being a nobody at the time, writing a script, getting it produced, becoming a star from it—that's the story of America too. So it's it's kind of like a two a two tiered uh, you know meta story of America going on, like what the movie itself and how the movie was made, and then. You know it's special because how many movies can you name that got monuments built to them? I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm at a loss to come up with another. Right, this is the only <laughs> yeah. one I got, right? Yeah. I maybe, can't think of any others. Maybe it's the... I thought maybe it was the Philadelphia in me that was like, this is important, but like, it's it's nice to hear all of you say that like, yeah, we love that aspect of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we I, all grew up near Philadelphia. Yeah. But I also, I also really want to know what happens next because what's... What I'm finding interesting, what I found interesting about this, uh, especially doing the research about it, was that this was the same guy who directed Karate Kid, and knowing how far down the following Karate Kid movies go, uh, I am kind of interested, especially since this guy directed all three, but he all sold Stallone's going to direct this, the follows follow-ups to this one. But this ended so similar to Karate Kid, where it's just like fights yeah. over, movies over, mm-hmm. and like there was there's absolutely no wrap up, no no loose threads, and like. Okay, so he did this. There's one loose thread. And, well, that's what I'm saying. There's Where's all loose threads. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. Where's and, the hat? Where what is the hat? To the Where's the hat? What happens to the marbles? But, like, I want to know, how does he get out of the light-breaking thing? Does he get out of that? That dude gave him $500. He's going to come back and ask for that, right? Like, I want to know. I think they said he was getting paid 150000 for this fight. Was it only if he won or only if he, or oh, just for participating? I think it was for winning. Oh uh, well, no, then he didn't get that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so curious about the like, loser of a boxing match still gets paid though. I would assume so. Probably, probably more than forty dollars for pro- this. Yeah, <laughs> probably more than forty dollars. Maybe the five hundred dollars. I don't know. But like, clearly Rocky is indebted to this this mobster that he's working for. Um, I want more of him uh, and and the uh, the the driver. Yeah, what does that relationship blossom? Ooh, I want to go back to the thing about the driver. Um, but uh, also, uh, real quick beforehand, um, as far as like being an iconic movie, I did not know this didn't have Eye of the Tiger. I it's the third I was, one. I'm, I'm, that's Rocky that's Three. The third one. Yeah, Rocky oh, Three is Eye of the Tiger. I've been I was sitting there expecting it the entire time and like. When they did this, the, the 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 whole training montage, like it was great. That's I've never actually seen the training montage before. It's a fantastic training montage. Is this the first one? Like the first training in montage movie? ever? In I is this the first proper movie training montage? Uh, that's a good question. Like, did they invent that here? You would need. I, I mean. I mean, they certainly. 
they they certainly um, set the standard. Yeah, this is kind of the gold standard yeah. for training montages in a movie. But like, I've never, I I can't think of a ton of movies I've seen that are older than this. What was this? 70, 76. 76. Well, it's because uh, uh, Apollo wants to fight somebody in Philly for the the bicentennial. Right, 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 right. So sorry, you you were gonna say? Oh, I don't know what I was gonna say. I, well, I want to go back to the driver. There was something else you said that I wanted to say something about oh no it was about watching rocky 2 next like i i'm i'm excited to watch it too because what i what i sort of thought to myself when i was watching this was like it's so interesting because it 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 the the standard for what sports movies like the 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 setup or the um the points that you have to hit in sports movies, I think, have sort of changed a little bit from this. And, like, I, you know, I, I think a similar movie that were to be made today, like, you would have you would have him fighting more than he did. Like, you he really... see more boxing. Yeah, There's he, very little actual he was boxing only boxing at fights. the beginning of the movie yeah. and at the end. Yeah, and you never um, see Carl Weathers fight exactly. until the end, and I, I thought was really weird. I think, you know, if this was being made, or a similar thing was being made now, you'd see them square off at the beginning of the movie, and then that Rocky would sort of take a, a dive in the middle, and you'd have to pull himself back up by the end. You know, like... This or was, at least you'd see Carl Weathers do something to show how physically imposing he was before the mm -hmm. very end. Like, there would have been something to put the fear in Rocky against this guy. All but, of your statements right now are going to be answered. Right. <laughs> but, but, yeah, You're I describing think... describing number four. I think, I think some of the... <laughs> I think some of the, you know, sort of arc of the boxing story is going to really be concluded in these two movies... And I think that'll be interested to watch. Interesting to watch, but like, yeah, like the Rocky was as much about you know love and human interaction as it was about boxing. So like, I think I, I think that was sort of my takeaway watching it. And then I'll be interested to see it against number two. Um, what was I going to say about the driver? Uh, did he? Did he, I think that he called Adrian retarded? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. Uh, Take her to the zoo. <laughs> Which made me think, is that where the Ted Milkman got that song from? I don't know. Whoa, taking retards to the zoo? Which is... I don't know. Obviously not okay now, but that's the name <laughs> of the song. And when I did see Dead Milkmen, who are still alive, we went and saw them like uh, three months ago. They did not play that song. That one's, that one's been retired due to... Unacceptableness, but yeah, so I wonder that's the word on the montages. You were looking that up. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Just before we leave the the driver and everything, like like it, it it was it was interesting to see the way everybody talked about Adrian and then sort of like Adrian's arc too, because like you, you know, like I, I was almost kind of like, was this language back then to to. To say things that we we have different words for now, like a, a neurodivergent person, or you know something, you know what I mean? Like like there there seemed to be nothing wrong with Adrian other than that she was like sort of quiet and like not able to connect with people. And like I like I think I think while we watched that scene and we were like, ooh, that was a little rapey, and like that would be done different now, like. I think, like, that was the takeaway from it, is, like, 
you know, how do these two people that don't know how to connect find a way to connect? You yeah. know, like I was assuming she was like, was it agoraphobic? Were you afraid of like crowds and people and stuff? Because she wouldn't come out and watch the fight. But maybe that's because she doesn't like the fighting. They didn't mm, make that yeah. clear. Or maybe she didn't want to deal with the crowds. And I felt like her character kept overcoming these things. Like, in the beginning, she couldn't even look at him. She couldn't talk to him. Yeah. And she overcame it and started talking to him. She liked him. She was, like, afraid of her brother, and then she overcame that. And she was hiding in the back of the, the stadium, and then, like, when she felt like the person she cared about needed her, she overcame it and then ran through the crowd. I thought that was her, like, overcoming her fear or whatever. Lost her hat. <laughs> Lost her hat. And, it, yeah, I mean, really, again, you got to point out in that last scene, the fashion choice of the pink sweaters... That was. Uh, I'd never noticed it before, but listeners, if you if you haven't if you just finished watching it, go back and check out Rocky's Corner. They're wearing matching pink sweaters that look like they should be in a knitting club. I was like, like, they are knit sweaters that are just they're they're very pretty, uh-huh. and they got Rocky on the back of them. They just say Rocky on the back of them, but it is a, it is a strange. And in this day and age, you you as a man can walk into work wearing a salmon colored pink shirt, whatever you want to call it, and a tie, and that's fine. But in 1976, I don't think that was okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I think you'd was, get your ass kicked for that. Certainly. <laughs> and what was I think was the biggest faux pas there was that it clashed with everything Rocky was wearing. He's got this bright red and yellow situation. Pink does not match with that. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a bad look. No, sir. I think you get just like that weird quilt thing that Adrian was wearing in that one scene, (laughs) where she managed to overcome his will with her sexuality. She was forcing it on him in a pink couch cover, right? I mean, like it looked a lot like the thing on my futon, but a different color. That was a. Pretty special. All right, we should probably wrap this up and and jump into Rocky too. Quick little montage. Oh yes. Um, So. there's some arguments about whether things qualify as montages before this movie, but it seems like this is kind of what spawned Got it. train sports training montage. So there might have been some some predecessory half ass yeah, montages. Yeah, right. right. There was things before it, but this is what solidified the start. Wow, that's awesome piece of movie history right and, there. And so that that that's another credit to the. I guess that's the director's choice, the montage, or maybe the editor. I don't, I don't know who's in charge. I do want to say one more thing, uh, as, as a testament to write the writer, as a testament to uh, Stallone. Um, I do thinking about this. I do think that he, uh, it was, it was smart of him, generous of him, well, well, uh, well done of him. The way that he showcased everyone else in the movie that wasn't him, right? Um, right. Because uh, I thought, you know, I think, I think, like Apollo Creed, I think is going to become a much larger character in the rest of this. But like he, he, so he's in. He continues. He's, to, see, I, I have. I, I won't tell you. I won't tell you. I won't tell you. In my, you know, initial impression of what I figure the Rocky movies are is he. There's a different bad guy in every one of them and he has to fight different dudes so sort of but but that you're saying i mean i guess i could assume there'd be more apollo rocky's story and apollo creed stories are entwined uh in a a lot of very much in a lot of ways yeah okay Um, other than i think maybe the fifth one doesn't mention him at all but oh yeah true yeah true the fifth one kind of goes off course yeah (laughs) um but, uh, and I could be wrong. There could be a reference. But yeah, like I, I thought, you know, I thought his scene where he was trying, you know, trying to pick out the boxer or trying to, um, you know, figure out how the match should go for him was so well written and so, um, you know, like 
like such great exposition of his character. And then I thought I thought the scene with him and Mick where like Mick has to sort of go to him with his tail between his legs and be like, I want to train you. Like what a what a great scene for Burgess Meredith. Like yeah, I thought he's an amazing actor. Yeah, like he's got he can turn any scene into a great scene. <laughs> I thought all like I thought all the supporting cast. There was at least one scene for each of them that really, you know, featured them in a in a big way that I thought was cool. Agreed. All right, so we are going to start Rocky Two. The basic info here: Rocky Two was released. Wait, wait, on, I'll no. do it. Rocky Two was released in nineteen ninety seven. It stars Hulk Hogan, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Pee-wee Herman. It's the story of a trio of friends finding their way to Canada in order to get one of them married so he can stay in America. This is pre-when America was allowed. It's it's dark times, dark times. It's divergent from the rest of the series, not unlike Halloween 3, but uh, I think in the end it really adds a lot of texture. It's only going to get weirder from here, folks. Okay. Uh, well, in an alternate reality, Rocky II was released on June 15th, 1979, so we got, what, three, about a little less than three years after the first one. Uh, also distributed by United Artists, it was both written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, stars Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Burgess Meredith, and Tony Burton. Is Tony Burton in the first one? Who's that? Was that Carl Weathers' sidekick guy? I don't know. He wasn't, he wasn't listed as starring in the first one, so I don't know. Uh, I, don't so. I have also not seen this movie, so I'm going to make an edu- educated guess and say it is also about boxing, which we will find out uh, momentarily. So we're going to start watching Rocky II, and we'll be back once we've done so. Well, we just finished watching, watching Rocky II. That was Rocky II? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we're getting through all six today. It's... Days moving along, but still, uh, I liked that one quite a bit. That was that was really good. We have to get through all six because I have two really good stories about the sixth one. <laughs> so if right. we don't get there, then all I right. can't tell my really good stories. All right, then we'll we'll kind of speed this along. Uh, I uh, I um I was really into that fight at the end. I really was. They didn't know how it was going to go. I I kind of assumed Rocky would win to kind of like even the scales there, but. Uh, and plus, you know, Apollo Creed was being kind of a jerk most of the time, and Rocky was just kind of a nice guy. <laughs> he seems really mad. Why is he so mad? <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I was, um, it really just did more of what the first one did. They just continued to continue to do that. Yeah, they I, threw in the storyline about Adrian being sick. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, and to add some drama. To, Come around to him fighting again. Humanize Burgess Meredith a little bit, but I, you know what? I didn't need it. I'm fine with human uh, Burgess Meredith not being a human. <laughs> fine with inhuman Burgess Meredith. Yeah, huh. I, I think the only really thing I didn't like about that was the the training montage was a big letdown. Um, where like this this cavalcade of children of unsupervised children, it's a, a, a literal parade of children just. Following him on an exercise routine seemed a little weird to This me. brings us back to that conversation we had. I don't remember what movie we were talking about. Oh, it was back in movie C, because I had said that I did watch Cloak and Dagger, even though that it wasn't mm. a movie. And children were just, like, unguarded Yeah. back in, like, the early age. Like, five-year-olds just, just, getting on buses by themselves. Just, just go go do. Do you. Do you. You do, do you. Do Live you your do life. Yeah. They're adults, for God's sakes. So, <laughs> yeah, like, it seemed wrong now, but... I don't know, maybe 1976. It just seemed weird. Like, were they all just waiting around for him to start jogging and then follow him? I I think it's a little hard to pick apart this one 
objectively, honestly, like, uh, uh, like singly rather than as a piece of a bigger puzzle. Like, I think as we keep watching them, you'll feel like each one of these starts to take on kind of a bigger mythology as far as like Rocky story. This one really felt to me like it was it like you could either call it like just just a, a solid sequel. Like here here's a movie and then we're gonna give you more of that. What did you like about that? We're gonna give you more of that. You know, or I feel like this could be looked at like the second part of this same story, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, it, like in a lot of ways, that's what it was. Like it picked up the moment the other yeah. one stopped, it, and uh, um, I, they really fleshed out more of Creed's character too. We got s- to see so much more of him. We didn't really see much of him in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see uh, so much more. God, he was such an imposing figure too. Like that dude was jacked. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the trailers or anything for Creed Three, but the dude who's playing um, Kang in uh, the Marvel mm-hmm. stuff. That man is impossibly jacked, and uh, it was kind of reminded me of uh, 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 this one here. Oh, I, I I loved it. I thought it was great. It's interesting that you bring up Creed three, and I might as well mention it because this seems to be like all over the news. And we're not going to watch the Creed movies today. The hell, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless we want to be here into tomorrow. But um, uh, yeah, like for as much ownership as Stallone has over this which you know feels like a lot being that he wrote all six of these and directed a lot of them like he doesn't own the character the no. the movie studio owns the character and like apparently when when the creed movies were were being uh created you know like Ryan Coogler that did the the first one um like you know like, wanted him involved, sold him on this story. Um, I don't know, I don't know how much of, how, I, 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 maybe I'll mention more of this later, but, um, there was some reasons that Stallone didn't want to be involved, and then ultimately he was like, oh yeah, I'll make these movies. Um, but no, apparently nobody even asked him to be in the third. Yeah, I, I've heard um, about that, but yeah. So, no involvement that was the first appearance of Creed's Kids. We saw them running just briefly through True. the house. Yeah, and that's and the kid. No, Adon- so Adonis Creed. Uh, oh, is the illegitimate child. Yeah, yeah that's like, right. Like oh. so, apparently, you know, that's Apollo right. Creed's kind of rock, uh, kind of cocky, going from town to town. You know, there's groupies. He cheats on his wife, and he has a, a kid out of wedlock. Oh my! And then, right. um, yeah. is this little dude Milo Ventimiglia's character in Rocky Balboa? Yes. Oh, all right, yeah. cool. Um, Stallone's actual son plays the son in some of the other upcoming movies, but then in Rocky Balboa, when the kid is all grown up, it's the guy from Heroes. I don't what is his name? Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, yeah, that guy. That guy. Right. Okay, cool. Well, I don't. I guess I don't have a whole ton more to add to this one. Uh, so another thumbs up all around. I, I mean, yeah, it's a solid I sequel. Genuinely enjoyed that. I I was really into it. I was really emotionally invested. Um, the Philly was just as interesting as it was before. Uh, Pauly still sucks. Uh, I think Pauly continues to suck. He did yeah. lose a lot of weight, though. and uh, they, they pointed that out. Yeah. Um, but it was so hard watching Rocky spend all his money in the beginning. It was so hard watching that. Because, like, there was the, there, that's what the movie was doing. Like, well, it was showing you, like... This is what happens to sports people. He, he he's, has no guidance. He's got, he's got nobody really looking out for him. And he's... 
such a steamrolling personality that and and Adrian is still relatively timid, even though they have a good relationship. He wasn't willing to listen. Like he's like, no, we've got the stuff now. I'm going to provide part, everything, and it's like you knew exactly where it was going. Like you're just you're. It, part you're, of me is so right wing, and I'm all about freedom, right? <laughs> right. But then the other part of me is like, they should probably step in. Like you see, like I, I only watch hockey, and I know the numbers are bigger in other sports. But like you see these like 18 year old kids getting like these five million dollar contracts right. and all you can think is this kid's gonna break his fucking leg next year <laughs> and like he's gonna have nothing because he's spending like rocky exactly so, like maybe somebody everything. should step in i i maybe there should be rule i don't know i don't know <laughs> it, it was tough. sort of interesting because in a lot of ways i think the movie didn't have some of the charm that the first one did but i think in a lot of ways it had like more uh like like i, I think like some of the way that Rocky was dialed up in the beginning of the movie where he's just spending like it's going out of style and he's like, oh, you want to well, watch for everybody. You want to watch? <laughs> like, you know, like, what do you yeah, think? I know how, yeah. you, do I know how to drive? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, it was, it was funny because it was like a different side of Rocky. Like, not that he wasn't, com- like, like he, he sort of was always carefree, but now he's like confident and carefree. With money, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, as as much as it was sort of cringeworthy, it was also kind of, I don't know, it was also kind of charming. It was to watch it was definitely bit. endearing to see him that happy and like so proud of himself, like he could finally do the things that he always felt that he should be able to do. Like I should be able to provide for you, uh, mm-hmm. and it was fun to, to an extent to see that, but also like. Knowing what we know about human finance, yeah. it's they like, really turned it around on him there when the nurse, when the doctor, nurse, some I know it was a female doctor, but then there was a female nurse came in. One of them said, like she was working too hard. That's what caused this. Yeah, yeah. right. It was uh-huh. like, well, way to turn it around. I mean, really make him feel bad about the situation. Just like you couldn't provide for your wife, so now she's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> God. Well, and while that was kind of a like a little bit of a cringy story to watch, it was. I feel like it was well written and conceived into there because I like oh, that when sure. he, I like that when he went back into the ring, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for hubris or to settle a score or anything. It was like it was like I, like I, we need we need the we need the money. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, like part of it was you know boxing was a part of his personality, but part of it was like this is what I'm good at. This is what I can do. Mm-hmm. And um, and the he, rest of the world kind of failed him and made him feel like he wasn't a man. That was the only way he could support them. exactly. And that's 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 an interesting thing to have in a movie. I I like it. I'm super impressed so far. Rocky one and two are great. Oh, can I say one thing about the fight? Yes, I mean it. like, I, well, I, I guess Chris is the only one in the room that hasn't seen this, but like. Do you do you guys think that a 1978 or whenever this came out audience 78 79 audience was like who will win like I mean like they both sort of punched each other to the ground at the same time they're both climbing up that like it was oh. built in a suspenseful way and like Rocky didn't win the first fight right um, I think that's yeah. what so the first one gets know. a lot of credit, <laughs> in my mind, for not having Rocky win the first movie. 
right? He lost the first movie. I think that was such a shock to audiences back then because mm-hmm. you just expected the underdog character that you've been following for two hours to win that when you put it in the second one, you cut it close, the audience was left in a position where they legitimately had to question what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, They were so shocked the first time that he didn't win that who the hell knows? Maybe he loses again. Yeah. It's damn yeah. well done. It was well done. Yeah. Okay, so we're on to Rocky Three. Rocky Three was released on May 28th, 1982, and was distributed by MGM slash United Artists. It was once again written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. The movie stars Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Bridget Nielsen, and Dolph Lundgren. Nope, no, four. that's four. No, that's four. That's four. Oh. Oh, I copy-pasted the wrong thing. Nope. Oh, boy. Here, I'll help you out. Mr. T. It's got Mr. T in it. This is the Mr. T one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume this is actually a movie adaptation of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for NES. <laughs> That's what I think this is. Um, so is Burgess Meredith not in this one still? He is. He's in it. He is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just messed up the, messed up the cast. But All right. Well, we are going to uh, get ourselves a quick bite to eat, and then we're going to watch Rocky Three. And a l- little, little bit of warning, Chris. I think these have been pretty, um, I think these have been pretty, like, I don't know, made with care to this point. I don't know what you want to say, but, like, there's a little bit of cheese that's going to start creeping in, so be prepared. we are officially in the 80s, so (laughs) I am, uh, I am, I'm prepared, I'm excited, let's, let's do this thing. All right. We just finished Rocky Three, and that was definitely a step down in quality. Uh, but I still really liked it. What? That was that was a lot of fun. I pity the fool that's like my Rocky movie. No, I did, I did really like it. Still, I really definitely uh, enjoyed it overall. Still, I think there was a a bit of a a bit of a step down in, in in a few of the things. The fight with Clubber Lang though was that was one of the best fights of the movie so far. I would think uh, that was that was awesome the way he warmed down and. Like, you could tell what he was doing. He was mixing his style with everything that Apollo taught him. I loved that Apollo became his trainer. That was super cool. Um, I was sad to see uh, the <laughs> the apparently Jewish. <laughs> I was, it was uh, uh, sad to see him go. I don't but... think they ever said his full name until this movie. It yeah, was just yeah. Mick. It was just Mick. Um, no, it was, uh, it was... God, Pauly was really... Structurally, this movie had some weird issues going on. Like, it starts, right? We start the movie with Mickey, uh, not Mickey, um, Paulie doing the whole jealousy thing. And, like, that's how you're starting the movie. Like, Paulie's jealous of Rocky's success. And then it just culminates in a few minutes into it. He gives him a job, and they just never really touch on it for the rest of the movie. Problem solved. So, like, <laughs> what was the point of the whole opening sequence of showing Paulie being jealous if they did not, like, there was no payoff to that? There was no nothing. It was just like, give me a job. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that there's ever any payoff with Paulie. Like, I think, like, you <laughs> in know. In general. Yeah, I mean, like, I think he's set up to be, like, I guess sort of an antagonist in a lot of ways. Like, in the, you know, in the first... In the first one, certainly, like, as much as he, you know, is trying to root for Apollo, I'm sorry, root for uh, uh, Rocky and Adrian to get together, like, he is really fucked up her life 
<laughs> yeah. in her world in a lot of ways. Like that's why I keep saying, like you know, like 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 Mickey or um, sorry, uh, Polly. Polly doesn't get any more likable. Um, okay. You he know, really doesn't. I, I mean, I get I, like I guess the movie sort of knows what it's what it's throwing out in this one, like because you know, I mean, it was kind of funny when he's like yelling at all the the homeless people there and being like, you got no class, you know? And it's like, all right, like, we know. <laughs> like, I, I guess, like, this character is sort of awful enough that we're supposed to laugh at him instead of with him. Right? I mean, they certainly didn't pull any punches with his racism. That was a... That was, a, that was he, front and center. Just kinda, he was just kind of scuzzy. But um, it's weird to me, though, that... I think what really hurt this movie most, besides the kind of structural thing of, like, the way it started with that, like, putting such a focus on the poly thing and then never paying it off at all, uh, Rocky was so much more serious in this movie. Yeah. He was, there was almost none of what made him so likable in the first two movies. He was really serious the whole time, and that that really knocked this one down a lot of points with me um on the other hand mr t for as ridiculous as his writing was um clubber lang made for a heck of a villain and he was just unbelievably imposing as like as a physical figure like he was brutal in the ring it, uh it was awesome it, it bums me out a little bit that you didn't like this as much as the other ones but uh at the I mean, at the same time, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, uh, I, I feel like I do like this one, but in a completely different way than the first two. Yeah, um, I, I can agree with that, because I still did really like it. And, just... and that's why I said yesterday, you know, when, when Dan asked, you know, which one which one would I... which If I could choose just one, which one would I show you? And I said three. And... You know, what? I, I I think there's some logic lacking in that because, like, all of these things, you need the full picture. There's a lot of context you don't get with three if you haven't watched one and two. Yeah. But, but like to me, like this one, this one feels like the total package to me. Like, like, uh, I feel like I feel like that we talked about all the America flavoring of the first one, like. Feel like there's nothing more American than number four. Th- I feel like there's nothing more American than Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed running down the beach in their short shorts yeah. and then hugging in slow motion. Like <laughs> nothing more American. We're about to watch Rocky Four. <laughs> That's like, the culmination of America. Uh, like, like the like you know, and, and also like in the way that Rocky was really the the relationship and connection with with he and Adrian like I feel like this is with with him and Apollo like this is mm-hmm. this is the 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 friendship movie with him and Apollo and I like I love that angle to it I love that he trains him um, and uh, you know and it's and it's it's all set to Eye of the Tiger so like yeah this is what's interesting about this one is that I think just from an overall tone level because of how different. Rocky was as a as a person in this movie. Um, so many iconic things come from this movie, like mm-hmm. him in the American shorts, the American flag shorts. That's kind of an iconic look for Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, uh, the Eye of the Tiger song, uh, the statue, like I pity the fool. I pity the fool. That was that that was 
from this movie. That that's that that's kind of awesome. Um, well, and, and that's another thing too. I think it's hard to it's hard to take yourself out of it's hard to take yourself out of the the world and the culture that you know because like now we know Mr. T is a personality, and you see Mr. T on screen, and you go, "That's Mr. T," and all the things I come to know about Mr. T. But if you put all that away, and you're you know a nineteen eighty to audience watching this movie for the first time and being introduced to Mr. T, I can't imagine not being blown away. Right, yeah. Like, he's such an impressive figure throughout. Um, and do we ever see him again? No. That's there, kind of a bummer. He, does he does he make a cameo in the beginning of the next one or no? Um, it's been a while, a little while since I've seen the fourth one. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he's in the next one. Yeah, I don't think I so could either. Be, the, the next one might start with a closing of this one again. He's so... He is all arrogance and all anger. And I'm interested in, like... Unlike the Thunderlips character, who I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. that was great. Because as was soon as the match great. ends, it's like, just like... turns off. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, that's... I'm a wrestler. I have a persona. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> and and what now I'm that's over, sure. Let's take a picture with your wife and kid. Uh, that was... That was... That was great. It was... Uh, that was the kind of thing that I'm, I'm talking about where I think, think this takes a step back overall quality-wise, is that things like that were not thought through. Like... Oh. What was that match? What was... Oh, certainly. Like, like, and, and, like, I think the thing I laughed the most at with that match was, was Mick, was, was, uh, was Burgess Meredith, because I was, like, as old school and, like, curmudgeonly as this guy is, he would never let this happen. He would never be like, oh, yeah, you're gonna step in the ring with a wrestler. And the <laughs> like, same thing with that entire training thing, where he was training in that weird... Like, he was doing all of his training in front of a crowd, mm. and Mick's just kind of, like, doing his thing, like, yelling at him and doing all of his, and every, everything else around him. Get your like, chicken ass out of here! And that like, might have been for number You could kind of tell that that's where that was going, where he was going to lose to Clubber Lang, because he wasn't taking that seriously, and... I was, that, was, that was a weird scene. Well, there's a couple angles that I thought were really good with this. Uh, number one um, uh, was sort of, I guess, the relationship with Rocky and Mick and sort of the culmination of what happened there and him losing the first the first uh, fight to, to Clubber Lang. Um, you know, because, like... I, I don't know, there's there sort of all that stuff where he's saying, I handpicked those fighters for you, and Rocky's like, oh, like you were you were setting me up or whatever, and he's like, he's like, no, I wasn't doing that, but, like, I wasn't picking anybody like this guy. Like, this guy has this fire in his belly, you know, that he just wants to kill, and he's like, you he don't have that anymore. You. He doesn't want to win, he wants to hurt you. Yeah, you know, and, and like, he, like, you know... Mick was sort of relating that back to Rocky and Rocky start and the things that he saw in Rocky at Rocky start. And like, I kind of liked how that was all displayed with, you know, with like Rocky, like in this big mansion and in this like fancy gym, you know, and that like, he sort of had to strip back to basics. Um, uh, and, and, and change his perspective. Um, and, like, some of the, the juxtaposition of that, because while he's training in that fancy gym, like, Mr. T is, 
like doing sit-ups in a basement, you know, like he's training like Rocky. Was yeah, it's like some of that. Some of that stuff tracks mm-hmm. through other things, um, but uh, but also, you know, in in the um, in the uh, I guess juxtaposition between Mr. T or sorry Clover Lang and Apollo, because I thought it was it was. I mean, I thought it was so such a great choice in this movie that Apollo becomes the trainer, mm-hmm. um, and like, you know, we saw we, when we saw Rocky and Apollo fight. Like, sure, Apollo was cocky, and he was, um, you know, he got in the ring and he acted angry, but he was also like a showman, and most importantly, he was sportsmanly. He, lost you know, with grace, like, yeah. like Clubber Lang. Is like the ultimate villain, yeah. you know, um, which is you know another thing I thought was such a, a great choice about this movie. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Um, we should probably move on to Rocky Four. We've still got we're at the halfway point and we're uh, pretty late today here. Uh, but and we have to take a half hour break because I built a, a rink in your backyard and we're gonna go out there and do a little boxing. I knew by the time we got to this point we'd have to just like you know, get the ring, get a couple punches, do, do some sparring. Uh, I just obviously want to comment on how this was the 80s, the hair, the style, the hideous mansion that he lived in. Yeah, the, we, wow. we were talking about that during the movie. We kind of said, like, is was this, like, was that a classy mansion in the 80s? Or is this brilliant production design that shows <laughs> what this Southpaw boxer would think is classy when he gets a lot of money? I just don't know. Did you point out Southpaw because you think left-handed people have no class? Because I would agree with that statement. <laughs> for the record, I'm offended. <laughs> for, the, for the people at home, Greg stood up like he's going to fight. <laughs> That's why I built the ring in the backyard. Let's go. Oh, and and yeah, I guess we can't we can't wrap up talking about this movie without talking about the end of it. Like because. You, you keep saying with the last two, like, oh, wow, that, that ends when the fight ends, yeah. right? Like, that's a, a hallmark of these movies. And I, I do love that last scene, and I will be surprised if you haven't seen that referenced in culture elsewhere. I, I have. I just never really knew that it was referencing that specifically. I mean, I've seen that trope in, in various things over the years, and I, I loved that. I love that he went and did just a, a for-fun sparring match with Modern Potter. day, that would have been an after-credits scene. I mean, I have. That's I have, true. That would have been tagged. That's, that's true. Yeah, I have said that you know that that Rocky and Apollo's stories are are intertwined throughout this this uh, saga, um, and that like I, I think that's sort of the pinnacle of it. This fight that you know, let's see who is actually the winner in this in this uh, um, you know in this secret battle that that's just between the two of us and. Uh, Several movies later, later we we never know. It keeps being referenced, but we, they talk about it. But we they don't never give you know. A clear answer. Yeah. All right. Well, we are uh, about to start Rocky Four, so let's get the info on this one. Rocky Four was released on November twenty first. Nineteen. 19- got the subtitle: Adrian's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bart Simpson. All right, that was the Simpsons. Yeah, one? yeah I think yeah. it was like Rocky twenty seven or something. <laughs> Adrian's Revenge. Rocky Four was released on November 21st, 1985, and was distributed by MGM and Universal Artists, uh, United Artists. It was once again written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Bridget Nielsen, and 
Dolph Lundgren. I am confident that this is actually a secret entry in the Fast and Furious movie franchise. Uh, Paul, am I am I correct about that? Secret entry in the Fast and Furious movie franchise? Yeah, is that this is actually like a prequel to Fast and Furious? <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's not in Fast and Furious. Or is he? <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's say yes. Oh. Yeah, this definitely paves the way for all of those Fast and Furious movies. In fact, at the end of this one, uh, uh, you know, uh, Stallone and Dolph Lundgren hop into cars and race, and then we never know who wins that race. So, oh my goodness! All right, well, that's uh, let's we're gonna dive into Rocky Four. We'll talk to you guys in a few hours. Okay, we have watched Rocky Four, and I have thoughts and feelings. Uh. I liked it very much. It was a great freaking movie. So, well, go ahead and start with that. My gripe with it is several missed opportunities as far as, like, things that they kind of brought in that they didn't really do anything with. Like, um, the biggest one was uh, exploring how Rocky felt responsible for Apollo's death, right? He's the one who didn't throw in the towel. And, like, he could have stopped that fight and effectively saved his life, theoretically, but he didn't. And they never really... They kind of touched on it, but they didn't really explore that at all. I mean, the movie sort of made it a point to work that in, you know? Like, like it, it could have just been that he... That Apollo got killed in the ring. Like, b- before that happened, there was sort of a purposeful thing with the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Did the other trainer tell him to throw in the towel? Yeah, like yeah, two was... seconds earlier. But really, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. Apollo told him, do not do it. Yeah, yeah Apollo says do not do it. And he had to make the decision, like, do I do what Apollo wants me to do? Or do Respect I save his... autonomy? Or do I save his life so that he can, you know, spend time with his wife and children for the rest of his life instead of dying in a boxing match because he feels old? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a... They didn't grapple with that as much as I thought that maybe they, they could have. Uh, Polly is still a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the Drago fight was amazing. It was, again, just an outstanding, like, nail-biting movie-watching thing. It was a little heavy on the montages, and I feel like with the second and third movies in particular, they've been focusing way more on how do we set up an awesome boxing match than telling a compelling story? And... With, this, with the second and third... I'm sorry, with the third and fourth one? The third one? and fourth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first two movies were genuinely compelling stories. And the third and fourth had really cool stuff in them, but they all seemed to be servicing the goal of making a really cool, emotionally charged boxing match at the end. And I don't know that one is necessarily quote-unquote better than the other approach, because they've all been... I've really liked all four of these movies so far. Mm-hmm. But like Paul said, I've liked them for different reasons, and I think I personally like the first two better, mostly because I think Rocky is still... He's, he's a goofball in those first two movies. He's so much weirder and more um, relatable, I think. And this one, he was a little bit more lighthearted overall than he was in in three where he was pretty serious but he's still he's he's nowhere near the 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 simple goofball that he was in the first two movies like he doesn't 
he doesn't just say whatever weird shit pops into his head, and that yeah. was what made him so likable in those first two movies. Yeah, and part of me wondered if some of that was, like, growth from, you know, just, like, growing up, changing, having a family, but, yeah, it did seem like a pretty drastic shift between two and three. Mm-hmm. So the first two were great movies that happened to be about sports. The third and fourth one, as you said, they were more intending to be sports movies. Right. So they're, they're, that's the anchor point. And really, the fourth one's not even a sports movie. It's the greatest piece of American propaganda there ever was or yeah. ever will be. And I loved it. And I say propaganda with all positive aspects that that word can have to it. This is the greatest uh, chunk of 1980s. It is montage the movie. There wasn't yeah. a little heavy-handed. It was way heavy-handed with the montages. But... Uh, the music that went with the montages was oh, so 80s, it, it mm. just dripped down your the side of your mouth as it went in your ear. It was wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Maybe these movies are so ingrained in, in me that, like, sometimes I'm overlooking their flaws. But, like, yeah, I think, Chris, at one point you were like, I don't even know what this montage is about anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. That one montage was just like, we're just going to start showing random scenes. It's... Like, we're going to so here's a bunch of Adrian scenes. They all meant different things for different reasons at the time, and we're not going to air them in any kind of order. Just here's a bunch of Adrian, then here's a bunch of this other... It was just a mess. It's bonkers, too, because it was a montage that contained several clips from montages. (laughs) It did. And and it it, it almost seemed like it would have been something you would have seen in a parody if I didn't know this was like one of the most iconic... Boxing movies, Rocky movies, ever. You yeah, because those running clips are from this montage in number three. In three, yeah. And they put them in the montage in this one. The montage with montage. That's good work. And I'm, I'm, I was really. It was pretty effective when they killed Creed. I, I had a feeling that he was either going to get killed or be hospitalized, and something in the back of my head said, "I feel like I know that he dies." just from being alive and people talking about this movie for however many years. But it was still pretty effective that they killed him. But it was also, knowing how many more Rocky movies there are, too, uh, plus the Creed movies, it's like, we just got to such a good point with that character, and now he's dead because he was having a midlife crisis. It was like, he was so much more level-headed in 3 than to just be like, I'm going to be the one to challenge this Russian guy. He wants to fight someone. It's going to be me. I haven't stepped in the rings in, in five years, and I don't care. I'm going to go in there, and don't you dare let me stop this fight if I'm going to die. It was, I see what you're doing, but it kind of felt like you're undoing a little bit of the character growth uh, from the last two movies for him. Yeah, I would agree. And um, I think the movie tried to cover it as best it could by showing... Um, you know, I think the, the sort of difference in perception between, uh, Apollo and, and the Russian, you know, that like Apollo is like, I think at the heart of what Apollo is doing, he's like, I can't, I can't go out this way. I need the same thing Rocky kind of said in the second one where he was like, I miss it, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that whole, like, I need to be this, I need to be on top kind of thing. But he keeps minimizing it by being like, he's a chump, he's never boxed before, it's going to be an exposition fight, blah, blah, blah. And then everything you're seeing with the other guy is like, he's made in a lab, he, <laughs> you know, he trains with this, like, 
you know, state-of-the-art equipment. He punches, like, twice the PSI as anybody else. So, you know, I think they were setting up these two things where you where you knew what was going to happen, but mm. you, you, you were powerless to stop it. I did like that he eventually... I really, really liked in the fight. I mean, first, the fucking robot. That... What the hell? That, that I was gonna robot, say I can't not mention the, the gift robot. to Polly was like what the hell? You know what? After all the shots of the the fight scene cutting back to Rocky's house, I do think they left the kid with the robot. I do. I think, I the think they left the charge. kid alone with the robot, and then the kid had two friends over <laughs> and alone in friends, the mansion with the parents robot. Dropped those kids off, and we're like, "Who's in charge? The robot? Oh, that, that's all cool. right. Yeah, Chris, stay up late and I watch this Russian boxing. Robot money, <laughs> <laughs> Chris." You you were asking what Rocky Five could possibly be about. That's what it is. It's it's, <laughs> it's the, the saga of the robot watching the kids. <laughs> the robot goes crazy and it has to get into a boxing match with Rocky to save his kids. <laughs> I want to say, the say before. Give up <laughs> <laughs> I loved that scene in the boxing match at the end where Rocky made him bleed and uh, he's like he's just like you made him bleed you should he's not a machine he's a man and then they cut to him and he's like he's a he's made of steel like this i don't know if i can beat this guy it was like he's not human it was the perfect juxtaposition of him not being human and i i loved that that was that gave me chills that was such a good scene because like going into this remembering what we just watched with him and clubber lang like he had to outsmart him because he couldn't physically take him and this guy is like two clubber langs. Like this guy <laughs> was physically insane. Now I'm sitting here looking at this. How the hell is he going to beat this guy? Because he can't outlast him. There's no way he can take enough punches because they've shown in the movie several times this guy punches twice as hard as any human should be capable of. And it just he did it. He just it just took all the punches because I guess he's invincible. But uh, it it was really effective. It absolutely worked. Um, I'm kind of pissed that they didn't really follow up anymore on Drago's, I, I don't know if transformation is the right move, but like he did kind of see, he respected Rocky by the end and he was not cool with them telling him what to do of like, he wanted to fight for himself. He, he picked up on the spirit so, of, I think that was kind of there all along. Cause I, there were a few scenes early in the movie where the, the Russians were kind of pumping him up mm-hmm. and the, some of his facial expressions were like, like, I'm only here because they're telling me to be. It's like, this is not what I want. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I heard you say that, and I picked up on that a little bit after you said it. Which was a tip to the tip of the hat to communism, bad. Individualism, <laughs> <That's right>. America, <laughs> freedom, good. But then in that whole scene where, like, I was joking when I said, I don't know if I should be voting or rooting for Apollo, but, like, I kind of wasn't. Like, he went in with... The ultimate in American arrogance. He's dressed as Uncle Sam. He's talking shit. There's dancers. There's James Brown. There's all... It's superficiality everywhere. And Ivan Drago's being lifted up unnecessarily on this mechanical boxing ring. And he's just looking around like, what the hell is this? Like, I thought we came here for a boxing match. So you and have the juxtaposition between Apollo and Rocky then, too, because is this all grandiose, bad mm-hmm. part of America, and then you got Rocky, who's the blue-collar, the good part of America. Mm-hmm. And it's it was it was a really interesting movie. It was it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Um, 
I think one thing that I've come to appreciate a little more during this marathon day, Rockyathon here, because <laughs> um, like I said, a lot of this stuff is ingrained in me, so it's like, uh, I think it's taking a little bit to like key into like the what have I missed kind of stuff, but like, um, I like, I think I am sort of starting to notice, um, you know, Stallone as a director, um, uh, because, you know, um, th- there has been sort of a different tone to all three of these last ones that we watched, um, slightly different, um, but like, you know, like, I kind of, you kind of forget that, like, he's also the one making the creative choices, yeah. you know, and like, and, uh, one thing I've been impressed with is, like, each movie sort of knows exactly how much boxing to show you. Like, I, like, I, I I don't, I can't really explain why, but like, it's like from the first one, they seem to know the exact amount of, the, the exact amount to skip over in the match to just have people hold up the cards that say, you know, round six, round seven, and then to actually show the full round. Whereas then in the second one, I think it was like, Ooh, you were impressed with this fight. We're gonna impress you more. We're gonna like show you that they can really box, you know. Um, and I think you know this the same thing with with Clubber and with this one. Um, and there were like there's also stuff that we've come to uh, expect from these Rocky movies, like the freeze frame, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the freeze frame of victory, either uh-huh. at the end of a montage or. The movie or whatever, sometimes but like, just a look off into the distance. There was a there was a freeze frame of Drago just looking. Just well, I noticed this one did some cool stuffs in the fight where like it would be like somebody would get punched and it would sort of freeze and then a superimposed punch would happen over the other one. Yeah. you know, and you saw this like series of punches layered on top of each other. Um, and you know, a- another way to show uh, sort of. The, the passage of time in the fight without showing every blow of the fight, you know? Yeah, and it was a bit cheesy and heavy-handed, but it was also, I mean, it seems like they were more or less inventing that technique, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that they were doing here are very 80s movie, but and it's easy to point and laugh at them for being extremely 80s, but they were also pioneering at the time. Like, this was new techniques of filmmaking at this time, and as that stuff gets more refined over the years... You know, I I think it, I think it was really impressive all the the interesting kinds of shots that they did in this that again are easy to make fun of for being super cheesy in eighties, but also extremely effective. Like it's the kind of movie that's easy to lose yourself in. Like there are definite lapses in logic as far as like why people did certain things, mm-hmm. like Adrian leaving the kid behind to go <laughs> to Russia to just be there. She didn't do anything once she got there. She had a quick conversation with Rocky and then was in the crowd. Like, yeah. I think it was just her presence there. It was just her she presence. Yeah. Really negative towards right. He needed he needed to know she was on board. But yeah. she probably should have brought the kid as opposed to leaving home with robot. <laughs> home with a robot. But also Poor parent why and and this is kind of we we pointed out that Adrian is like this constant source of reason that everybody ignores. Like nobody should have been getting into the ring with this guy. They should find some other way to find meaning in their lives because they're constantly putting themselves in mortal danger to win boxing matches. And, like, you guys you guys have families. You got kids. Like, 
I don't want to be super sexist here, but that that's how most of the relationships I've ever had slash know about work, right? The, the, the woman has to constantly, like, come up and take the flaming axe out of my hand and be like, you can't juggle the flaming axe with Dom anymore. It's not okay. But eventually you say, you know what? You're probably right. I shouldn't. Maybe we'll just juggle non-flaming axes mm-hmm. for now, you know? Yeah. Step back a little bit instead of, you know what? I'm going to put every aspect of my life on hold to fly to Russia for a month and fight this lunatic who just <laughs> murdered a guy in the ring. <laughs> Either then, way, great movie. And then, and then you get to take away his speech that's like, I don't know if I can change and you can change. Two guys and you killed each other. That's better than 20 million people. Oh yeah, that was a little. Uh, that was, I mean, I, if I could change and you could change. <laughs> no, I liked it. I feel like it got edited weird. Like there needed to be another sentence there. Like he kind of like instead of <laughs> twenty million people, and if I could change, <laughs> you needed to finish that. That's a weird dangling <laughs> participle or something. Where twenty million people what killing each other out there having a war? Give me the end of the sentence. I but know where was, you're going. That was very in character, part. though. That's that's yeah. totally the way right. <laughs> that's about as deep as he was going to get with that. that uh, you know, 40 million. I don't know, maybe. It just felt odd. I was like, come on, murk it up. Um, I, th- uh, I feel like there was one or two more things I was going to say. I think, you know, I think one of the reasons I sort of brought up Stallone as a director, um, and I think it ties into a little bit about what you all were saying about Drago and and how like that he wasn't sort of showcased in the same way that some of the other uh, characters have been in in you know in the other movies um, but like I think that was I think that was sort of the style and the aesthetic of that character and maybe even of uh, Dolph Lundgren like I don't you know like who knows how good an actual actor he was did you even see the Punisher this? I was uh, like, yeah, but I don't remember it. Like, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think, I think it was all about communicating as much as you could with saying very little, you know. So I think the fact that um, we did get out of it that Drago um, didn't want to do this for his country; he wanted to do this for himself, and that. Um, you know, Drago felt uncomfortable with the showmanship and stuff like that. I mean, that was a really great scene at the beginning where they were in the press conference mm-hmm. and Apollo's like, you know, he's trying to do the same showman stuff he did in the first one where he's like, come on, buddy. But, you know, and like the Russians are all insulted, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like not taking that. Yeah. Drago, he just sat there. All the other ones were getting like all up and like the guy think, was yeah. getting uppity, the girl was getting uppity. I don't think he was insulted. I think, yeah, I think he was uncomfortable with it. He was uncomfortable, but I think the, the, the other, other Russian, Russian guys, guys yeah, they were, were insulted. insulted. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, I think a lot of a lot can be said about the directing because of how much was, was communicated through some of that stuff, you know? Well, uh, so we've technically got two left. Uh, let's see how far we make it, but... Um, you think we're going to throw in the towel? <laughs> no matter what well, happens, I'm in. throw that towel I'm, in. <laughs> I'm fine. I will have you. Let me die on this couch. We're not the ones who have to drive. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Paul's the one who has to drive. He's also the owner of the movies, but uh, we can we can we can find other methods to make this happen. Yeah, we well, I can but... leave the movies here. Um, no, if, if we're if you're all in, I'm gonna do it. I just I don't want to be driving be, at one in the morning. We can but still I'm be done do by it. eleven. 
We got yeah, we got a book. Drive really right. fast. Right. You could be home by midnight. Let's All right. do it. Let's do it. All right. So Rocky Five, which I am just reading the cast list. I'm very confused. Uh, Rocky Five was released on November sixteenth, nineteen ninety. Was distributed once again by MGM United Artists. It marks the return of director John G. Abeldson, but was once again written by Sylvester Stallone. And I think I got this right. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Sage Stallone, Tommy Morrison, and Burgess Meredith. Uh, well, maybe in a flash. So, so, um, <laughs> so you know, Burgess Meredith. Uh, you know, he, he died in three, but he, and even though he was older than dirt, he didn't die in real life um, for a while later. Uh, I think he died between five and six in real life. Um, so it's, oh well, yeah, I mean, so, five was 1996, was 2006. Yeah, there was, um, there was definitely like archive footage of Burgess Meredith in five. It's possible he filmed a scene. Like, it's possible he filmed a scene that was a flashback, but I just don't remember. But this would be, I assume, Sage Stallone is Stallone's kid who's Mm -hmm. uh, playing little Rocky Jr. Well, and I guess I'll say this now. Uh, Sage Stallone passed away. Uh, He died young. He died, um, you know, it was after after the Rocky Balboa movie. It was in the... um, the late 2000s, but he... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he passed away of something, and, uh, and, I mean, it kind of, I mean, when you think about how closely Stallone's life has been tied to Rocky's life, you know, his whole, uh-huh. his whole, um, he didn't want to, he didn't want to play this character again, and Kugler convinced him to do it for Creed, and he said he was happy that he did it, because it was a thing that helped him cope with the death of his son, and mm-hmm. was, Sort of put that behind him. Wowzers. All right. Well, we're going to watch Rocky V. Uh, wish us luck. And oh, we'll... you know what just occurred to me? Oh. This is the same director as the first one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he get the Razzie for the worst movie ever for this? Or for the worst movie for I this? I believe so. So not yeah. only did he get both nods, he got them for the same series of movies? It's impressive. Let's see. It's wild! It seems like there should be a documentary about this guy. <laughs> right, and we should see. make it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. He got the uh, Academy Award for Best Director for Rocky, and he was nominated for Worst Director for Rocky V and Karate Kid Part Mm Three. He got the Worst Director twice, the Best Director only once. He was also nominated for Worst Director for The Formula in 1980 and nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary uh, for Traveling Hopefully. God, this guy is wow. really just top and bottom. Yeah. He doesn't do anything up the center. He's got a wild range. <laughs> no middle ground. Takes big he... swings. Yeah, when he swings, he swings hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He swung. He passed away in 2017. Oh. Oh. Well, there we go. Uh, we're ready to watch watch Rocky V. Uh, wish us luck. We'll see you in a little bit. Okay, that is Rocky Five down, and I don't know what y'all are talking about. I thought that was great. Best movie ever. I genuinely liked that one a lot. I mean, I don't understand. Tell me what was wrong with that one. I thought that was great. I mean, yeah, the ending was pretty stupid. It's entertaining. It's an entertaining movie. The ending is painfully bad. Yeah, the ending is stupid. But, like, it told a story. I liked the idea of Rocky... 
you know, uh, being convinced to be a, uh, a a trainer and a manager instead of it didn't wind up with him. I the the beginning of the movie, I'm like, how the hell are they going to get away with getting him into that title fight with that guy? Like, how are they going to do that? It doesn't make any sense, and they didn't. It didn't end up in a big, stupid boxing match. It ended up in a big, stupid street fight. But like, even that was. I mean, it was a little upsetting because I was really hoping that this Tommy Gunn guy would turn around because, like, he was this weird reflection of Rocky of, like, he had so much anger in him and he just needed good influence. And you saw him get better when he was spending time with Rocky and his family, even though it came at the expense of Rocky being a shit dad to his kid. But you saw Tommy get a little bit better, but then this other guy comes in and flashes him a bunch of money and he's just like, no, greed all the way. And that was kind of upsetting. But, I don't know, he told a story. The whole relationship with his kid and his kid, you know, him brushing off his kid and being a bad dad and then his kid falling into the same, exactly the kind of shit that um, his dad, that Rocky was telling him never to fall into. And that was like, I felt bad for the kid. He looked stupid as hell with the earring, but like, that's the product of the time. And the kids that he fell in with, the fact that he got into a fight, like he learned how to box with Paulie of all people mm-hmm. and watching his dad and he used that to not just beat up the kid and get his coat back but then to be friends with him afterwards after he finished the fight he didn't like go full Sith you know he didn't fall on the dark side he was like no nah, I'm cool with it if you're cool with it and he left it at that that was like that's great that was showing that this kid is a half Rocky and half Adrian it was like he was Rocky's muscle in his mom's brain and I thought that was Oh, that was really cool. I'm not saying it was a freaking masterpiece, but it was slightly odd for a Rocky movie, I guess, because it was a little less like about him being the boxer that wins the day. But I, I liked this movie. I thought it was really good. It, it, it was, it, it was, it was interesting. It was, uh, as I said, like I think this is this is the one where there are the there are the biggest amount of holes in my collective knowledge that like. I might have not ever really seen this in its in its entirety, maybe just in bits and pieces on, you know, TBS during the day or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it feels like there was a lot of hallmarks of a good movie in there. Like it, it felt like like there was a lot of a lot of points that that all together sh- should have made something good. Uh, I think there was like. Um, you know, I think with all of this stuff, there's some stuff that's a little disjointed. Like, and and I think some of it might come from the fact that now we're back to that original director, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, uh, like, I felt like Rocky was back to being like a goob a little Rocky bit. Rocky was movie. acting more like Rocky. I think that had a lot to do with why I liked it. it. Was that he was he? I don't know if it's that he reverted more to himself because he was back in his old neighborhood and surrounded by all these people that he used to know, but. He felt more relatable in this one, besides the fact that he was blinded by the same shit that happened to Creed. He was just looking for this new way to to get back into the life that he used to know, and he lost sight of everything around him because he's, you know, he's pretty barrel-minded, you know? He's... I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, so you guys have so prepared me for I'm this gonna, to be this disaster. So I'm going to stay it with my fine. disaster. I, I think it's. I don't think it's a good movie. The you're right. It tells a cohesive story, and you're right. We can pull out a couple things that are uh, good about it. 
and I agree, he's more towards that likable Rocky that we saw in the beginning. That's definitely comes through. I assumed it was the director, but you're right. Maybe it was a, a purposeful choice. He's back in the old neighborhood. He starts to fall back into the old ways a little bit more, and he's not that dark Rocky we saw in two or three. And he's you know he's serious. He's, a, he's a lot more goofy. And that's fine, uh, and that's one of the better parts of this. The 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 ending is it's just painful to watch. Yeah, it, that's uh... not only is it nonsensical, ridiculous. The the caricature of a manager guy is just over the top the whole time, and a little draws you out. He he feels like that guy on Seinfeld, but the guy on oh, Seinfeld yeah. He, yeah. felt right because on Seinfeld they were trying to do a comical exactly. character. It was, so it was like this for to begin with. Right, yeah, that's, no, this that's guy funny. was a cartoon villain. So like. that's a little rough. The the I feel like the plot is a little it, heavy handed and like with the Tommy Gunn thing it's just like he turns on a dime it's real hard to, to get behind it. You kept thinking there was going to be a swing back the other way because that would have been some sort of character arc whereas this just ran off of, of, of the end. And the end, the other thing that kills me about the end, Adrian hugs him at the end. She didn't want him to fight because he was going to get brain damage in a boxing match. Now he's fighting in the street, in street fight. with no gloves right, on. Yeah. And I'm not a doctor, but I'm betting if I punch you with my bare fist, granted I'm going to break all my fingers, I'm probably going to do a lot more damage to your brain than if I punched you with a nice cushy boxing glove on. Not, yeah. not that that won't do damage, but I'm betting this did a lot more. Yeah, that was that, that really, it just, up until the end, I was genuinely enjoying it. Like, even though this guy is so much of a cartoon villain, it never got to the point where it was just so insane, where like... It just went off the rails. And the, it was like the, he had the no montage, idea how to end this movie with any sort of the montage at the end was so over the top. It's st- the montage like during the fight scene. There's like these clips that he's catching, and some of it makes sense. And at first, you're on board. You're like, all right, he's got like a shell shock thing, and he's 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 seeing Ivan Drago, and he's you know, okay, I'm on board. And then the, if you're watching, because I just was, there's a couple clips in there. Like one clip is just him sitting there, and blood just pouring down his face, like from Carrie. Like, it was way over the top. I totally missed that. Then there's another quick shot of, like, this super close-up of um, Burgess Meredith's face where you only see this part and the eyes looking real extreme on a downward right angle. It was almost like the <laughs> clips they would put in, like, a horror movie Yeah, montage. it was weird. And I was like, why are those in here? What is happening? Yeah, it completely fell apart at the end. It, and it, it's... But, but all in all, I kept expecting... I kept waiting for, like the robot. I kept waiting for something so stupid to jump out at me and like, wow, this is a really bad movie. But it was fine up until the end where it was just like, I have no idea how to end this movie. So um, we're just going to do this. Everybody gets hit by a septibus. <laughs> well, well, There's a street brawl. There's cop cars in the background and nobody's trying to break this up. And the priest is there going, Woo! The priest's like, yeah, kick his ass, kick bullet boys. What is happening right now? What is happening right well, now? What is happening? While this movie was a little bit of a roller coaster with the, um, you know, with, with the, the things that we didn't like about it, with the things that we did, the relationship with he and his son, the, you know, the way that his son, um, uh, you know the way that his son sort of took the the best of of him and and turned it around as far as their relationship went. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, like, I, I I think I think that is kind of an endearing thing about this movie, the like the 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 story of father and son. Um, but then juxtaposed with the story of Tommy, you know, he he and Tommy, uh, trainer 
and train and and boxer or manager and boxer, him uh, trying to to recreate or to uh, harness or or you know call back to his relationship with Mick, which wasn't always great all the time, mm-hmm. but you know uh, he he had a soft spot for that, right? Um, you know, so like. Th- th- w- we were supposed to invest in it as that, but then I, you know, we were also obviously supposed to invest as with Tommy as the villain. And in a series of movies that has had some great villains, or let's not call them an- villains all the time, but antagonists. like antagonists, yeah. I thought Tommy was not good. No. Like, no. he was not a no, good Mr. actor. T? He was not a great fighter. No, he, he was, there, there was, there, he was wholly unremarkable. And so I think in a series of movies where there are things that stand out, this one fell flat in comparison to the other ones. Yeah, I can respect that. I I liked that it did it didn't try to just do what it always did done. I, I respect yeah. that it tried something new. It wasn't completely successful. It really was not successful in the end, but I liked that it tried this movie was not about how do we get Rocky into the ring for a big boxing match. That, it was it did try to tell a story. That was actually it. the first thing I wanted to say. It was like I, I have to I had I have to recognize it for trying to do something different. You know? Um in, in a You're gonna love the next one. Because it's Rocky Battles High Cholesterol. So <laughs> Well I mean he's pretty old by this point, so yeah. no I'm 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 pretty stoked for this last one. I'm uh this has been a hell of a day. Uh, all right. Well then, uh, are we, we're gonna go into the next one. I, if I'm game, if you are. All right. Wait. Before we do, um, uh, just because I have two actual stories about this next movie, I suppose I'll tell one now. Okay. And then tell I'll tell one, one after the movie. I'm gonna grab a slice of pizza. Um. So, uh, so Rocky Balboa was made in 2006. Uh, I moved to Philadelphia in 2004, I believe. Um, it was. Scenes of it were filmed not far from where I lived, the the house in South Philly that I was in that you guys had all been to, although I don't think I was living there at the time it was being filmed. I think I was living in Center City, um, but my brother was living in South Philly, and I would catch the subway down there, and we would hang out, and I don't even remember what we would do. We would go to bars and dick around and kick things down the street. I don't know. We would just meet up, and we would do things, right? So... I get off the subway one day, and I'm headed towards him. Uh, he kind of lived near the Italian market area, which we saw Rocky run through multiple times today. Sure. Um, and so I'm walking that area, or walking towards that area, and I'm like, why are there all these giant cranes up? And, like, what is these cranes with these lights on, right? So my brother kind of meets me halfway while I'm coming to the subway, from the subway, and he's coming from his house. And we both point out, like, what the hell's going on here, Right. And so we're like, let's try to see what it is. So we like kind of weave our way down some side streets. Um, and, uh, subsequently we wind up right where these cranes with these lights on them are, sh- are shining down on. And they're shining down on a street where they're filming a scene from Rocky Balboa. Um, and we like got through the crowd and we're kind of standing behind the police barricade and we're watching. So it was, um, it was at like 13. I think it was like 13th and Tasker. There's a little restaurant called, um, called Victor's Opera Cafe. Um, and I haven't been there in a long time, but the cool thing about Victor's Opera Cafe is there are people that work there. Um, the servers there 
are a lot of people that are going to school at Curtis Institute of Music. So, like, they'll serve you, and then, you know, at once every hour or something, they'll ding a little glass, and the pianist will go, like, you know, hey, we're going to introduce this person, and they're going to sing a song from this, you know, this opera. So, um, it's like you eat your steak, and you get entertained by, by people. Um, so... In the movie Rocky Balboa, Rocky is retired, and he uh, is the manager of a restaurant. So this Victor's Opera Cafe, they had taken all of the opera stuff off the walls, and they had put up all pictures of Rocky, like he manages this place. And they had taken the awning off that said Victor's, and now it says Adrian's. Um, so the scene that we saw them shooting, uh, I think is when... You know, he's telling his son, who's played by the guy from Heroes, that he wants to get back in the ring. So, like, he he and the son walk out of the restaurant together. They walk down the street a little bit, having a conversation. And then, you know, a couple minutes later, Paulie comes out and interrupts them. And that was sort of the scene that we watched them filming, right? Um, so, my brother and I are watching this. And then we're surrounded by people who were all of a sudden these, like, South Philly film experts. So, like, the guy standing right next to me is like, Yo, you see that? So, like, he comes out of there, and then, like, you know, he does the scene and stuff, and then when he's done, he, like, goes over to that little monitor, and he, like, watches what he did, you know, like, he says, like, maybe you could have done it better or something like that, you know, and then they do it again, you see? So that's what it is there, you know? And I'm like, all right, cool, thanks, buddy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like... Well, there was all these, like, South Philly folks that, like, all of a sudden became film experts from watching this scene from Rocky. Um, and so we watched a couple, t uh, you know, a couple minutes of it. And then, uh, you know, the guy who was a film expert goes, uh, yeah, this has been cool and all, but uh, I gotta go, uh, you know, uh, I gotta, th th this is great spending the night with my, my hero Rocky, but now I gotta go to watch my other hero, Jack Bauer. He's gonna be on the TV, <laughs> so I'm gonna go home. Um, so that was my... <laughs> that was one of my two stories okay. from the movie Rocky Balboa. All right. All right. <laughs> well, the movie Rocky Balboa was released on December 20th, 2006. It was distributed by MGM and Sony Pictures. It was once again written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Antonio Tarver, and Milo Ventimiglia. There's only three names that were listed as quote-unquote starring for this one, so that's... I am sick of your lies. Burt Young is in it, too. Wow. All right. <laughs> Paulie's still kicking. I really thought he would have been dead from a myriad of things by this point, but all right. <laughs> I'm into it. Okay, so we're going to watch some Rocky Balboa, and uh, then we're going to wrap things up and, well, figure out what movie we're doing next. <laughs> oh, shit. We'll check back in a bit. <laughs> okay. okay. That's Rocky Balboa done, and uh, that's all the Rocky movies done. I feel like Rocky right now. <laughs> we, we did it. We watched all the Rocky movies. I, f I feel bo both victorious <laughs> and also like I got hit by a train. feel a little violated. Oh, uh, man. That was pretty good. It was, uh... Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know. I wasn't blown away by it. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of cool to... He's old as fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in that ring. Uh, yeah, I didn't really... The quote-unquote villain, like, he was no Ivan Drago, he was no Clever Lang, he was... He was not. I, so, I found myself thinking a lot about that during this movie. So, um, 
So, I haven't seen this movie since it came out in movie theaters. Like, that's the last time I saw this movie. And I remember really liking it when it came out in the theaters. Um, I felt like it was... I felt like it sort of almost felt the most rocky since the first one, you know? Like, I, I felt like it... Um, uh, it really... You know, because, like, some of the ones in the middle didn't really feel so Philadelphia, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, this one, him living in, you know, living in that old neighborhood and having the turtles and the, the you know, training montage and stuff like that. Like, it really felt like it put a cap on the Rocky story. It felt like it did it in a good way, you know. Um, like, I remember really liking it then. I I felt like... When I watched it this time, you know, th- there were parts of it that dragged a little bit. And I did kind of start feeling like the villain was so unremarkable. Um, you know, I, 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 he's not somebody I totally remembered from the franchise. But then watching it this time, I was like, man, he, like, he doesn't really hold up. But then kind of when I was watching that last fight, I was almost like, well, like, maybe it doesn't matter. Like, maybe it, it almost doesn't matter who he fights in this movie, because yeah. it was like he was fighting time, you exactly. know? Exactly. He was fighting being old, and I loved, I loved that this guy was kind of an arrogant shit the whole time, and, like, he thought he was just going to waltz in and demolish him. And then the last round, he's like, you're a crazy old man. <laughs> You'll get there. So, I, I, I like think the movie was greatly done in that. Well, I said that's what I had to yawn. I know. Anyway, I think the movie was greatly done because by the end I'm watching this fight and it was believable. So they pulled off a movie movie magic by getting me invested in a storyline that's honestly probably the most ridiculous of all the movies mm-hmm. that we watched today. The most unbelievable. And I didn't feel while I was watching it like this is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that... That's if you can do that, you've done a great job at what you were trying to do. I cannot believe that Polly is still alive and Adrian died. But <laughs> Polly still felt like a total turd in this movie. He did, but at there was a certain point when I was kind of like, ah, like in this movie, he sort of feels like an endearing turd. Like, like yeah, he's awful, but he's been with him since the beginning, yeah. and. I don't know. There's something to be said for that, he's, I guess. He's awful, but slightly less so in his old age. And they finally gave the man a haircut. Like <laughs> He finally <laughs> didn't look like a drunk uh, in an alley at all times. I don't know. It was, uh, you know, Milo did a pretty good job being his kid, all grown up. And, uh, you know, I liked... I was super glad. I was terrified the entire movie that they were going to have some sort of romantic connection between him and the girl that he was helping out. Yeah. And I am so glad they didn't go there, because that would have been disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I saw it, it felt more platonic, and this time that I saw it, it felt like there was some times that he was, like, you know... I, I, I guess maybe the times that it did feel more like a, a love thing was just the fact that they needed to counterbalance him with somebody that was rooting for him that wasn't Adrian, you know? Yeah. They definitely put her in the Adrian position. Like, sure, in the sure. crowd with all the crowd shots and everything, but I was glad that they never crossed that line because that would have been... 
I mean, not even just like as a Sylvester Stallone being an old guy and much younger actress, but like, dude knew her when she was a kid. You yeah. Know? <laughs> he like pulled her up the street and told her not to be a whore. Like, yeah. that would have been gross on so many levels. And I'm so glad they didn't do that. Remember when you called me a creepo? I'm going to be a total creepo to you right now. <laughs> not so creepo now, am I? <laughs> yes, sir. Extremely so. Um, I liked. Uh... You know, I remember at some point when we were watching these, I pointed out Apollo's trainer and was just like, oh yeah, like, I kind of like that he's in all of them, you know, that he ends up training Rocky, you know, after uh, Apollo dies, that he's in Rocky's corner. Um, But, like, that whole speech he has about, like, we're going to build some hurting bombs, Um, you know, like, like, I think one of the cool things you key in on these movies is when... Rocky has to change his strategy to beat somebody, you know, when Paulie's like, all right, fight right-handed, you know, or, um, there was a, what was... One time it was about speed, yeah, chase the yeah, chicken. Yep, yeah, He got, well, that one where he trained with uh, Apollo and he got so much lighter, mm-hmm. you know, and he was, he looked so much smaller and he was so much faster. That was really cool. So I, I like, I like sort of seeing those angles, like what is the strategy that Rocky takes to, you know, to, to stay in the game. This time it was... Let's do push-ups to get strong, <laughs> yeah. and they hit real hard. No. But your strategy is still going to be just take as many hits as you can. Right to the face. <laughs> not even try to block. Not even <laughs> attempt to block. Just be a punching bag yes. and outlast the other guy. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. How do we uh, how do we rank these, huh? I mean, well, do you, before you rank them, do you want to hear my my final Rocky story? Sure. About this one? So, I, as I said, the last time I saw this was when it came out. And perha- and in fact, I saw the Philadelphia premiere of this movie. Um, the, the theater that I, the, the, you know, theatrical theater, not movie theater that I was working for, but the theater that I worked in, um, it had film capabilities. Like, when we finished a, a, the run of a play... We could fly in a movie screen, and we could fly in a set of speakers, um, and they had a 35mm projector in the booth, and like it was real easy to switch from a, a theater rental to a film rental. And in fact, the Film Society rented that space twice a year for film festivals, and did all the like Philadelphia premieres there. Like They did um, the, the Mark Wahlberg... Invincible, the Eagles, Invincible thing. They did all the M Night Shyamalan movies, you know. So, um, so they got the premiere of Rocky Balboa. Um, So, like to us, it was just a rental. Uh, But to so so now now we get another part of the story where I talk about my boss. So the lady that that ran the theater um, was kind of bananas, Uh, like. I and the rest of the production department worked down in the theater. We didn't have to see her all the time. She worked up in these offices. But she was that kind of boss where, like, sometimes she'd come in at, like, 10. Sometimes she'd come in at, like, 2. Sometimes she'd come in at, like, 4.30 and, like, work into the evening. Like, she, like, she was sort of, like, crazy and eccentric and then the thing you always hoped never happened was that she came in at 4.30 and was like, I want to call a staff meeting. And then, like, everybody, like, put their coat back down and were like, what do you have to say? You know, and, like, she, like it would always be something, like, insane. Like, like, one time I sat through a production meeting about how we get Puff Daddy to come and see the show. Um, 
One time I sat through a, a meeting with a guy who was the new general manager that was like, you know how we saved the theater? Let's do Jesus Christ Superstar. And we were all kind of like, how will that save the theater? Like, what are we, the Muppets? We're going to put on a show to save the theater? Um, but anyway, uh, so when she found out that the premiere for Rocky Balboa was going to be there, she was like, I want to call a meeting immediately. So my boss, Jim, was like, I, "Like, he was like, we can't go up there. Like, we're too busy with strike of this thing. And I was like, I got it. I got to take one for the team. So, like, I go up for this meeting. It's just me. And it's the, it's the facilities guy, and I think like the accounting guy. Like it was a super weird meeting. And she's like, she's like, uh, you know, I get out my notepad as if she's gonna say something that's at all coherent or like <laughs> useful, right? And she's like, how come nobody told me that this movie was gonna be here? Rocky Stallone is huge in Pennsylvania. And I was like, alright, so he thinks his name's Rocky Stallone. I'm like, I'm not going to correct that. Okay, you know. And then she's like, she's like, what do we do to make this special? She's like, uh, Gene, the facilities guy, she's like, I want you to roll out the red carpet. We're going to have him on the red carpet. Paul, I want you to call the sound designer. We're going to have the Rainbow Company. That's the group of you know, the the kids' production group, the the kids' touring group, they're going to be on the red carpet. They're going to be singing the theme from Rocky. And I started to write it down, and I'm like, does she know that the theme from Rocky doesn't have any words? And then I was like, or does she mean Eye of the Tiger? And I was about to ask, and I was like, it doesn't matter. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen, you know? So, like, I went back down, and I told my Jim all the things, and he was like... Yeah, we're not doing any of that. <laughs> you know? It was like they're like they're a rental. They don't want this. They don't want to be embarrassed. But um, so none of that ever happened. But because I worked there, I got free tickets to all that stuff, and I got to see the Philadelphia premiere in that theater. So that's my story. Cool about Rocky Balboa. Well, I actually have no idea how to rank these movies. I, I wouldn't. I don't even. I don't. I don't think I have it mentally in me to. Uh, rank them right now. I liked every single one of them. I liked all six of these movies. I think I, think I could do it. I think I could so, do it. So you want to go first? I, I mean, parts of it, parts of the list are really... I know number one's on top and I know number five's on the bottom. And those, mm -hmm. for me, that's pretty easy. Uh, four yeah, and... I think I agree with that. Four... Uh, four and Balboa are probably in spots two and three for me. Having just rewatched them both, I'm going to give four the nod over Balboa, and then two and three take the next two spots. Not that I dislike them, I just like those other ones more. And two and three is a close call, too. Uh, I'm going to go with three over two, because I like the Mr. T as the villain. Uh, I think that was a little bit more driving. So I'm going to go, what did I just say, one, four, Balboa, three, two, five. Yeah, that's good. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm having a hard time because I think like for example like two and Balboa are like both good but both so different you know so like if I put other things higher then where do I match those against each other? All right, so let's I, take this one one fight at a time. Sure. So we we've got Rocky. Let's start with Rocky. Rocky two. Does it go above or below Rocky? Below. Below. All right. Rocky three. Does it go above two? Uh, for me, it does. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's what I just said. Three goes above two. Yeah. Rocky three goes above Rocky two. Yeah, close, okay. but yeah. But it does it go? Does it go above one? I don't think so. I don't think any of these go above. I don't one think so either. I think one is the best. All right, Rocky four. Does it go above two? For me, it does. For me, it does too. Uh, does it go above three? For me, it does. For me, it doesn't. Hmm. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, four goes above. Four goes above. It's uh, because he loves America. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> I I kind of have to. I kind of have to agree. I think four goes above three, but only just barely. I, I think it's a really close call. It's a toss up. I liked Clever Lang. A split decision. It's a split decision. Uh, I I think that I think what it really comes down to is which final fight was better because they're both very similar movies structurally. You know, they both both have the same flaws. They both have the same successes. And I think if I had to choose between which one of those last real boss fights was better, I think the Drago fight was, was it just had higher stakes. It did have the unfortunate cheese that followed of the weird speech and everything. Unfortunate. But you know, wings I, of liberty never lose a feather. <laughs> I, I I think I think uh, I think I would also agree that four goes above three, but does not top one. Three had plenty of cheese too, though. Oh, it did. It did. With Thunderlips. <laughs> oh, God, Thunderlips. All right, Rocky Five. Does it beat two? No. Not for me, no. All right, so Rocky Five sits right there. Rocky Balboa beats five. Yeah. Yes. Does it beat two? I, I don't so. know. It's, it's It gets trickier with Balboa, but I, I'm going to put it pretty high. I'm going to say it beats two and three for me, and then gets cut off. Balboa to me is three on my list. Do you think Balboa beats Rocky three? Hmm. It's tougher. It's tougher. It's tougher. I I don't know. I. It definitely beats five. I'm not a hundred percent sold. I'm trying to remember. So two you got as the well. rematch against uh, rematch against Apollo Creed. You you learn a little bit more about Apollo Creed. They flesh him out a bit, which is good. Um. I mean, two was. So, so in the same vein as one, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's hard to, it's 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 real hard. Balboa was pretty successful as a movie overall, but I mean, it didn't have Apollo Creed. You know what? You know what Balboa did? Uh, it was, uh, and one of the earlier ones did this. It was like a, or we just, I just, I think I said this about one of the other ones. It's like a meta version of itself. Oh, the first one. The last one was, too, because it was a comeback for the character in the movie, but then it's a comeback for the franchise once you were sure the franchise was too old yeah. to come back, and they pulled it off. Yeah. Both the character in the movie pulled off an out-of-age comeback, and so did the movie. I, so, I like some of the meta stuff in Balboa also, like, you know, when he's he's going, you know, how you doing to people, and they're like, oh my god, Rocky said, how you, like, I'm a fan of his, you know, like... <laughs> All right, so I think I can agree. I can I can be convinced that it's better than two. Um, where do we think it stands in relation to three? I like him better in Rocky Balboa than I do in three, but I feel like I was more entertained overall by three than Balboa. I, I mean, three ranks really high for me for just nostalgia reasons. I think I put three above Balboa, but that's just me. I know that nobody else does. Well, this is another split decision, but it sounds like three's winning over Balboa. I mean, Greg? 
<laughs> Greg's like, you're all wrong. <laughs> Does that mean that Balboa is better above or below three? I think it's above. You think it's above? So it's a very split decision there, but all right. we agree it's one, four are the two best. We agree yeah, one, two and five four. are at the end. Yeah. So it's the three and Balboa are somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And tight. I will, I'll make the argument that the only thing that puts three above Balboa is Clubber Lang. I pity the fool. There is no one as, there is no part of the antagonist side of Balboa that's as interesting no. to watch. Balboa is not about the antagonist. No, exactly. No. It's the not. The antagonist is the weakest part of it. It is. And if it had, if the antagonist just happened to be someone more charismatic than that guy, I think it would be a slam dunk over. Or even more dangerous looking. Most of the movie, he exactly. The way yeah. he dressed him, he looked slender. Yeah, he like didn't he didn't look, look overly ominous. Yeah, he is an actual boxer, just in case you kind of don't. No. <laughs> well, then he did a great job yeah, acting. In that case, yeah, yeah. You know, that's not his profession. That, that does that does a uh, good on him. Kick good him on a little him. bit more uh, respect there. Well, I think it's kind of a toss up there. But it's Rocky, Rocky Four, Three, and Balboa, depending on the day of the week. Two and then five. There's our official ranking. I'll buy that. Yeah. All right. So uh, it is time for. Oh, do we have any final thoughts on Rocky? This was a weird ass day. Uh, if you <laughs> haven't watched the first one, you gotta go watch the first. I mean, highly suggest devoting yeah. a whole day and watching them all. This was brilliant. This was a good time. Uh, I know. I had a, nothing I had a else. Freaking ball today. Everyone's got to see the first one. It's, it's my favorite sports movie of all time. I, I it was just... the, the first one was genuinely excellent. I really liked it. I really liked this entire series. I'm so glad I've seen it now. Uh, I didn't dislike any of them. Like so, even though ranking them is ranking them, I liked all six of these movies, and I am looking forward to uh, finding time to watch the Creed movies because you know, I only saw movies. the first one, but it was very good. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the both of them are very good, and um, and. And both of and both of them really, uh, you know, g- give the spotlight to Michael B. Jordan um, in a big way, and he's amazing. But also, like the part Rocky plays in them is great and and altogether believable for a, an old guy. Um, and yeah, I'll be excited to see the third one. Cool. Kind of bummed he's not in it, but also I love I love those movies and I love Michael B. Jordan so. All right. Well, uh, it's a it's that time to figure out what movie we're going to watch next. The letter S comes after the letter R. Uh, this was my pick, so why don't one of you guys go first? So, <laughs> I have a really great movie in mind, and I got a terrible movie in mind. I got a little of that going on too. You do that every time. Every time. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my great one. I'm just going to make sure you've both seen it. Because you've never seen Rocky or Jaws, so I just don't have faith that you've seen all these great movies. And in my opinion, this is a great movie. Maybe you've both seen it. If so, I'm going to go with the shitty one. Have you both seen Stargate? Yes. Stargate. You've seen it. I'm sure I have, but I can't remember I if I've seen the movie or if I've just seen the show. I think we watched it together, Stargate. God, we did. We did. Kurt Russell? Yes, yeah. we did. I've seen Stargate. I don't remember almost anything about it, but yes, I've seen Stargate. Well, there was a Stargate. There was a Stargate. They brought you between places. There right. some, uh, if CCC. you've seen it, if you've seen it, I'll go with my crappy movie then. My, my vote is for Saturday the 14th. It's an early 80s horror movie spoof that I haven't seen since I was a child. I don't remember anything about it. I know I have seen it, 
So I'm assuming while I watch it, it will come back to me. I've okay. never even heard of this movie, but I like the name. But I, I haven't seen it. Like, it could be terrible. <laughs> I really don't remember. All right. Paul, what do you got? Um, you know, I feel like we could do S movies for a whole year. And uh, I would, yeah, I would never run out of ammo. Um, I mean, over the summer we were talking and bringing up things like Super Mario Brothers and uh, Street Fighter and Surf Ninjas. Um, and all this cheese that I I really want to watch with all of you, but I think I have to go in the vein of things that just like Chris does, things that I should have seen that I haven't. Um, and there's a movie that I should have seen that I haven't. It's referenced all the time. Any goddamn animated kids movie references this movie. Uh, and, I, like, I laugh because I know what it's from, but I've never seen the movie. Like, any time that somebody walks out with a gun yeah. and then a littler person comes out and they say, Say hello to my little friend. Uh, I've never seen Scarface. All right. Um, I have also never seen Scarface. And I thought about this one and I really just came down to, I don't really want to see Scarface. I know I should, but... I actually have almost seen this movie a couple of times, and some friends of mine talked me out of it. They're like, it's a quotable thing, but it's not that good. Um, and that was that was really why I never wound up watching it. Um, it's, it's one of my least favorite genres of movie is a crime movie. Mm. But as far as crime movies go, it's probably in my top ten. It's probably low in my top ten. I mean, the Godfather movies are much better. Uh, See, those you know, I've never seen, and I know, I, and I want to. Goodfellas is much, much better. A time commitment. But, uh, again, it's it's not my favorite genre of movie, but for what it is, for a crime movie, I'd put it on the top ten crime movies. All right. Well, I actually did want to go with one of those silly-ass movies because I haven't seen them in a long time. The question is, which one do I land on? Um... I haven't seen it in the longest... I'll pick the one that I haven't seen in the longest time. And it's something that I quote constantly. And I don't know if it's going to stack up in any way, shape, or form. But I'm going to vote for Surf Ninjas. I quote this movie so often, I think it's genuinely hilarious, but I have not seen it in forever. So it might be... Awful. Well, I, I watch it pretty regularly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I really wanted to do Super Mario Brothers. Because Tuesday's Surf Ninjas now. There's a new Super Mario Brothers movie coming out, and I haven't seen the original Super Mario Brothers in a very long time. Street Fighter is amazing. Can I tell you something? The new one will be very different. <laughs> What's up? Oh, yes, the new one will be very different. Uh, my other thought was State and Maine. I haven't seen that in a long time either. That's oh, a yeah. great movie. But no, I'm picking Surf Ninjas, goddammit. So, um, I guess, how do we do this all in person? <laughs> we still text each other. Yeah, you did. Alright. Okay. Really? You know, we could just... Rochambeau. Alright, where's the text? There we go. Okay, I am... Ready... I'm not. Hold on. Wait, how do I text to you guys? I don't know how that works. Oh, wait. This is, is there a text chain? This is not. I just... I, I just... 
I just picked the text that was on top. I was about to, was about to text Jerry Surfton. <laughs> oh, wait, I just said it out loud. Oh, God. It's all right. I was going to vote Surfton. I blew it. Right. Chris's vote, vote doesn't count. I was going to vote Scarface. But yes, Surf Ninjas. <laughs> Greg's coming over to watch it with me. I, I wonder if I'll be able to convince Karen to watch oh it. Oh boy! <laughs> I was about to text Jerry <laughs> Oh god, I'm excited. Uh, so yeah, there's your winner for this. Our next oh, all the S movies. That's what we came up with. <laughs> it was weird. It was I your such... suggestion. We both voted for it. <laughs> bunch of assholes. I was thinking there's got to be some sort of major important S movie that I hadn't seen and I couldn't come up with anything. The the biggest one, one of the two best movies ever made in my opinion, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about it, I'm pretty sure you both saw it, was Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. The movie's fantastic. If you're looking for an epic S movie, that's it. I considered voting for Star Wars uh, Rogue One, but mm. because oh. I've been enjoying Andor so much, but uh, you You want to hear something weird that I considered? Uh, I'll say this because Greg's here. And again, Greg doesn't remember this at all. We were talking about it over the summer. Oh, right. I was saying yeah. that the first time I met Greg, it was over at Jimmy Yamaguchi's <laughs> house, and we were staying up in the middle of the night, and first we watched Men at Work with Charlie Joshi. Sheen and Emilio Estevez, <laughs> and then we watched some movie about some guy that like got bullied by the mafia into like running his dad's fashion business and he created these assless jeans that like took <laughs> off or whatever and Greg's like I don't remember this and everybody's like Paul you're crazy this thing didn't exist it does exist <laughs> it starts with the letter S it starts with the letter S it's called so fine um and uh, I looked it up. I don't. I don't know who the star was. Like the guy who's the star, I don't recognize. But the other people in the movie are like real people. Um, so uh, let's see who's in it. Uh, uh, well, the one of the actresses from Flash Gordon is in it. Um, also a, a, a theater near you staple. Um, Nineteen eighty one. Yeah, it was 1981. Richard uh, Keel? Yeah, Richard Keel. Oh, yeah, Richard Keel, right. Herman Munster. Ryan O'Neill. Uh, yeah, Herman Munster. What's his name? Fred Gwynn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people know him as Herman Munster, or some people know him as... Uh, Guy who got his, the back of his ankle slipped by that kid from under the bed and I couldn't sleep for a week? Yeah. yeah. Uh, J- 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 Judd Clampett? J- what's his name? Judd, Judd Crandall in uh, Pet Cemetery. Don't don't go up there. The dad up there. <laughs> the what? The youths? Even looking at these photos, I don't, I don't remember this movie at all. <laughs> I don't remember it. It happened. We watched it. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, right. those jeans. There they are. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember this at all. Well, that's our well. Our next pick is Surf Ninjas, but feel free to watch So Fine as well. It can be a bonus episode. Yeah, we'll, do, we'll, do <laughs> we'll watch it with episode. Greg. <laughs> Alright everybody, it's time to wrap this up. A theater near you is part of the Geekade Podcast Network, and if you'd like to get in touch with us to share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. You can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. If you'd like early access to this podcast and several others on the Geekade Podcast Network, check out the Geekade Patreon, linked to in the show notes. It helps keep this show running and our site shiny and clean. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy birthday, Melissa Birchtold, and we'll see you next time in a theater near you.